0: The study of end times is called eschatology. Most of these prophecies are about our time. Our time is the most prophesied time in the whole word of God. Humanity is about to enter the most serious time in human history. And so the worst time in all of human history, the tribulation period. It, it's first three and a half years is the tribulation period And then the last half of it The last three and a half years Is called the great tribulation When the antichrist proclaims himself as God And there's this world leader Do you realize We're living At the very end Of the age of grace We take it for granted But the age of grace Do you know right now Anybody can just come to Jesus There's nothing blocking them They could have their sins that have already been paid for. They could have their sins forgiven. They could be made new. They could be born again right now, the age of grace. The age of grace is about to end. It's going to end as the church is taken out of here. Now, the tribulation period has been called, because people can still get saved in the tribulation period, but it's called the severe or the age of severe grace. And we'll look at some of these scriptures. Why is that? Because multitudes of people who accept Christ, they'll be the saints, they're not the church, but multitudes of them will be martyred for their faith. And so it's severe, and then we'll go right into, at the end of that, the second coming of Christ, Jesus establishes his kingdom on this earth for a thousand years, the millennial reign of Christ. Right now, there is about seven Point seven, almost 7.8 billion people on this planet right now So to give you an aerial view of human history see we just live So we and you you see it now. Oh, yeah that end time stuff, you know They've been saying that forever. That's exactly what the bible said would be said during this time But if you look at human history, you realize right now there are more people alive On this planet More people Than have ever lived in all of human history Combined From Adam If you added up everybody from Adam Until who's alive on this planet Right up until that There's not been 7.7 billion people There are more people alive on this planet right now That's crazy to think when the book of Revelation, when it opens, the pale horse, the rider on the pale horse, that, that, that plague, if you want to call it that, or that, that is poured out on the earth, something happens where a quarter of the earth's people are killed. you imagine? Could you imagine watching the news in the tribulation period? Two billion people just died on the planet. Two billion. Now you start to think about that. How would you even bury all those people? How would you even cremate them? Could you imagine the stench? Could you imagine the sickness and disease? And then, so that's two billion people. Then there's another plague that wipes out a third of the people that are left. That's another two billion. Just one plague, all sea life dies. Have you ever went up to a body of water? And smell the dead fish. Could you imagine all sea life dying? I love the ocean, but no thanks. Could you imagine what the beaches would look like? Just all that stuff coming up? I don't know why I'm thinking of this. In Cali- it's California. Of course it's California. So years and years ago, there's a YouTube video. A whale had died and washed up on shore. So these... Rocket scientists have really—they thought, well, what we'll do is we'll just blow it up, and then we can just pick up the pieces. <laughs> and it shows the people—it shows the people—they—they—they <clears throat> they, they put all the charges, <clears throat> and they—they they hit it, and it blows up, and it blows. I mean, a whale—that—that's massive. So you got bone, you got everything hundreds of feet in the air, and it shows people running and diving under their cars because you could die. Could you imagine? Oh, my gosh, right? Anyway, let alone all sea life. I think the Lord wants to have, I just talked about four billion people dying. I guess he wanted me to get people laughing, but this is a very serious time. Guys, we preach this stuff. This is to comfort you. Because you're going to be okay We're we're okay Oh we might get a little uncomfortable You know women get a little uncomfortable during birth I've been told I mean I was fine I I was just like man Jeanette you are a rock star And I am so glad I'm a guy Because wow this is coming out of that Oh my goodness Right But But guess what happens Right when the baby comes out Your joy It's exactly what we have When these birth pangs When they're done Guess what We see Jesus For the world It's just going to keep getting worse I hope That this lights a fire in you Because now See right before the come of Jesus It talks about We're going to get into this It talks about there will be a falling away, an apostasia, a departure from the faith. Guys, that's not an event that's going to happen. That's an event that's happening right now. We, as people that love God and are on fire for God, these are our brothers and sisters. It's like they're asleep. We need to, we need to walk in love we need to be stirred by the Spirit. We need to pray for them because I believe God wants to bring these prodigals home. You know, because now is not the time to take the Bible and put it second place in your life. Now is not the time to not be in fellowship, not be planted in a local church, not, not be walking in the faith of God. And we're seeing that. So these are times that are, we're talking about right now. So end time teaching literally should always comfort you. A lot of times people think it's scary, but really it's not because it's all about Jesus. So end time prophecy has been around about 2,500 years. There's four major prophets in the Old Testament. You have Isaiah, Jeremiah, right? Daniel, they've all written books. Ezekiel. These are the four major prophetic books. Daniel's one of the most respected books in the Bible, and it was written about, as as far as we can tell, right about 530 B.C. So if Jesus was born, they estimate maybe 2 B.C., So by the time of Jesus' life, this book of Daniel had been in circulation for hundreds of years already. So these prophecies, they're not like we went back and we fixed things to make it line up with what's happening. No, no, this book had been, it had been circulated for hundreds of years, so, or this letter. There's also minor prophets. There's many of them. Four of the major ones, would be Zechariah, right? Talks about end-time events. Zephaniah. Now, as of about almost two years, my favorite, Micah. So those are four minor prophets that there's a lot. So I want you to go to Daniel chapter 9 in verse 20, and we want to look at this, we call it Daniel's 70-week prophecy. And it literally, the 70 weeks of God's dealing with Israel, dealing with Jerusalem. I'm telling you, Armageddon is all about Jerusalem. We're going to probably go, we probably won't get there this week, but it's amazing what's happening. You know, I think, I, I, I want to say, oh, I think it was July 30th. It was the tenth, ninth or tenth day of I think it was the ninth day of Av The month of Av, A-V And uh, For the first time Since 1960 Or I can't remember how many years There was an Israeli flag Flown on the Temple Mount There was a thousand Israelis That went up on the Temple Mount And prayed uncontested That's the first time that's happened In forever that, that's happening. There's so much going on about rebuilding the temple. The ninth day of Av, it's amazing, the first temple and the simple, second temple were destroyed on that day. It's amazing how all this thing just fits. We'll talk about some of this stuff. Daniel chapter nine, verse 20. Let's, let's start right here. Daniel chapter nine, verse 20. It says this. And while I was speaking and praying, this is talking about Daniel, while Daniel was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening offering. It says oblation, that means offering. Verse 22, And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give you skill and understanding. Could be translated, give you the ability to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, The commandment came forth and I am come to show you for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. I love that. At the beginning of your supplication, the commandment came for me to come so that you could understand something. I love that. So when this is happening, The children of Israel, because of their sin, were taken into captivity in Babylon. Okay? When they were in captivity, Persia defeated Babylon. So they were in captivity for a while, for 70 years. And so it's at this time that Daniel's being given this prophecy. The angel Gabriel came to give Daniel understanding of the vision we call Daniel's 70th week prophecy. So now, here it is. It says in verse 24, 70 weeks. The word weeks is the Hebrew word sabuah. Or let me say it right, shabuah. I don't know if I'm saying it right. That's close anyway. So what it means is it means seven. It means a week. It, what it's saying is 77s, or 70 sevens, weeks of years, or 490 years, are determined upon thy people Israel, talking about Israel, and upon thy holy city, talking about Jerusalem. There's 70 weeks of years, 490 years are determined upon Israel and Jerusalem. And and literally within these 490 years, this is what's going to be completed, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy now we're not going to break all that down in this study because it would take too long because we're we're, we're I want to show you the day that the end time started so gabriel's coming to daniel and saying i want you to understand that god has established for the jewish people and for the jews 490 prophetic years That's what he's telling Daniel. Now, in order to really understand that, see, our calendar is 365 days a year, but the Hebrew, or you could say the Jewish calendar, is a lunar calendar, so a Jewish year is 360 days, okay? So right now, we're in the age of grace. We're about or mankind, not the church, was about to enter a seven-year tribulation period, we call that Daniel's 70th week because what happened is we're going to see basically an edict went forth to rebuild Jerusalem, and, and it took them seven weeks of years or 49 years to rebuild Jerusalem. Then from the time that Jerusalem was rebuilt until Jesus was another 62 weeks. Or in other words, 69 of the prophetic 70 weeks have already taken place, and, they, and that, that 69 week, when Jesus came out of the grave and established the church, time stopped prophetically. But God still owes the Jewish people and Jerusalem one week of years, and that's the tribulation period. Okay, so let's look at this. So, Revelation, right now, this is the age—the age of grace—and we go into the tribulation period, the seven-year tribulation period. We call that the seventieth week. Right. Um, this will be the most severe time in human history, especially the last three and a half years. Revelation chapter twenty. Hold your finger in Daniel, but, but maybe you could just put Revelation 20, verse 4 up on the screen. This is talking about the tribulation period. It says, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw, look at this, I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God Which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Many of the believers, many people who will receive Christ in the tribulation period, the Bible says they're going to be beheaded Right For, the, for their, that witness of Jesus For the word of God It's going to cost them their life They're going to be martyred This is during the millennial reign Revelation chapter 13 In verse 7 says this Talking about the Antichrist It says And it was given unto him To make war with the saints Notice it doesn't say the church Because the church age ends Right before the tribulation starts, Jesus said to his disciples, He took them to the temple of Pan, and He said, He pointed at that that cavern where they would do human sacrifices. It was called the gates of hell, and He said, The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. This is saying, And it was given unto him, the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them. It's the same exact Greek word as prevail. That's why, that's another reason, just another little minor reason why I know we're not here. So, in, and it says here, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And then this tribulation period will end at the second coming of Christ. Christ. The second coming, let me give you a picture of this because you and I are going to be there. We're going to come back with Jesus. So if you want to see where you're at in the Bible, I'll show you right now. Revelation 19, verse 11 through verse 14. Revelation 19, 11. And I saw heaven opened. Now this is at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. And behold, a white horse... And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. This is Jesus. But he's not coming back as the Lamb of God. He's coming back as the righteous judge of all the earth. He's not coming back with warm fuzzies. He's coming back in judgment. I'm glad we'll never have to see him this way. I don't want anybody that I know to have to see this, right? So it says here, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Look at this. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And here we are. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Isn't it amazing that we are going into battle with white linen? Why is that? Because the battle, my friend, is the Lord's and the victory is ours. Your white linen clothing is not even going to get dust on it in the greatest battle in human history. I've stood on the mountain where, where Elijah slew the 490 prophets of Baal and you look down in this massive valley It's the Valley of Megiddo. The the Bible says that blood will run uh, up to a horse's bridle, which is over four feet, I think. Yeah, around four feet. That's a lot of blood, right? Right now, there's over 170-some species of predatory birds that years ago just started migrating into the Valley of Megiddo and multiplying. God says, He's going to call, he he, he has two suppers, right? I mean, while we're up in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb, these birds are going to be cleaning up the bodies of the Ezekiel 38 conflict. Then they're going to be used again to clean up the bodies that die in the battle of Armageddon. But this is the second coming. I'm so glad I'm coming with Jesus. So let's go back to Daniel now. Verse, chapter 9, verse 25. It says this Know therefore and understand, now this is big, that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks, three score, and two weeks. In other words, 69 weeks. 69 weeks of years. Okay? 483 years of 360 days each year. That is a total of 173,880 days. From the time... The commandment came to rebuild Jerusalem. History tells us Cyrus, the king of Persia, made this commandment. We have proof, multiple proofs, archeological proofs of this, that this day when he gave the commandment was March 14th. Isn't that amazing? We know the day the year 445 BC. And the minute he did that, the the 70th week, 70 prophetic week thing started. And the Bible says 173,880 days later the Messiah would be would be coming to redeem. If you go 173,000 880 days From March 14th Of 445 BC It puts you At April 6th AD 32 On a Sunday Where Jesus Began it all On a Palm Sunday When he entered Jerusalem As the Lamb of God And he was examined For a week And crucified that Friday To the day. We know the exact day. And when he came out of the grave that Sunday morning. Wow. So if that was April 6th, it would have been right after that. When he came out of the grave, that birthed the church age. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. It says here, and it says, The street shall be built again. And the wall, even in troublous times, it took Nehemiah and his group, and if you want to look at that, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, it talks about when this all happened, when when Nehemiah got the commandment from Cyrus, the king of Persia, right? Um, I'm sorry, I'm saying Cyrus, Let me say his name right Artaxerxes the king of Persia On March 14th Commanded Jerusalem to be built I'm thinking of something else So The Jews under Nehemiah Rebuilt Jerusalem It took them 49 years Okay And it was a troublous time And that's what they're saying It was built in troublous times I mean these guys had a tool belt And a sword Right they had that's how they built it, so the seventieth week prophecy really is divided into three parts. The seven weeks of years or forty nine years is the first division when Jerusalem was rebuilt for that time. Then from there you have sixty two more weeks of years. That's right up until the church is born, and now the church we've been going. Almost 2,000 years right now, we're at the end of this church age. And the moment the church is taken out of here, well, I shouldn't say the moment. There's a chance that the church would be raptured, but then very shortly after that, the tribulation period will start. So that's when the 70th week will start. So Daniel chapter 9, verse 26. It says, And after three score and two weeks that would be 62 weeks of years, shall Messiah be cut off. Now this is really interesting because this phrase in the Hebrew, cut off, means to be killed and it also means to make a covenant. Look at how precise this is. So once Jerusalem's built, 62 more weeks of years are going to go by and then Messiah is going to be killed And make a covenant. But look at how it says, though. And it says here, but not for for himself. Well, that sounds a lot like salvation, doesn't it? He made a covenant. Why? Not for himself, for us. Isn't that cool? This was prophesied years and years. This is 530 B.C. And it's to the day. But isn't God the God who calls the end from the beginning, right? And it says here, and the people of the prince. Now get this the people of the prince, the prince that is talked about is the Antichrist that will come to power sometime in the very near future. He's alive today. I mean, John, you even told me about an article. A leading rabbi in Israel is saying that he's in conversation with the Messiah and that he's waiting to gain enough power before he will be revealed. Well, we know that they're going to think he's the Messiah, but he's the Antichrist. He's alive today. He's ready to be revealed. There is only one thing that is restraining him according to the Word of God, and that is the church. But when the church is removed, that's when he'll come forth and be revealed. It says, and the people of the prince. Literally, what this is saying, and it's literally saying the people that the Antichrist will come out of is what they're talking about. It's talking about the old Roman Empire. The people that the Antichrist will eventually come out of, he's going to come out of one of the nations that were part of the old Roman Empire. That included, the old Roman Empire included most of Europe, it included Italy, it also included a lot of the Middle East, and it included northern, northern Africa. It says these people that shall come shall destroy the city, talking about Jerusalem. So now it's, it's saying that the people that this Antichrist is going to come out of, the, this old Roman Empire, are going to destroy the city. And they're going to destroy the sanctuary, the temple. So this is another prophecy. Did that happen? It absolutely happened. The Roman general, Titus in A.D. 70, besieged the city of Jerusalem, completely destroyed it, and went on the temple and completely tore every stone apart of the temple, exactly how this was prophesied. It says, "...and the end thereof shall be with flood, and into the end of the war desolations are determined." Do you know in that conflict in A.D. 70, over one million Jews were killed. The rest of them were taken into captivity and they were spread all over the world. Now, the first captivity in Babylon, they they were in Babylon and in Persia. They were all in one place. But in A.D. 70, they were spread all over the world. That's important when you look at prophecy. Look at Luke chapter 21, verse 5 and verse 6. Look at this prophecy about what we're talking about, about this destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. How exact. Guys, the Bible is not a book. It is the book. This is the book. That I live my life I base everything This is how I live This is how I raise my family This is how I love my wife This is how I serve my God It's it's everything The word of God is infallible It's exact We must never say no to the word of God So if he says you're healed Then I'm going to say I'm healed If he says forgive Then I'm going to forgive Right, So Luke chapter 21 verse 5 and 6 and it says this And some spoke of the temple How it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts But he said this As for these things which you behold The days will come in which there shall not be left One stone upon another that shall not be thrown down That's Jesus talking And that happened in A.D. 70. That happened 40 years after he was resurrected. Luke chapter 21, verse 20. Let's keep reading this. Jump over to verse 20 now. And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them, excuse me, which are in Judea, Flee to the mountains. Let them which are in the midst of it depart out. Let not them that are in the countries enter thereunto. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive. Into all nations. This is a prophetic. This is, this is prophetic. They'll be led away captive into all nations. They were, they were spread all over the world. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So it's interesting So the Antichrist Let's just take a little break The Antichrist <clears throat> You know I don't know Exactly who he is We might never know Because I think he's going to be revealed After we're gone Right But the word Antichrist Is only used by John But in the Old Testament There's a couple, there's a couple books Isaiah and Micah That calls him the Assyrian Right He's going to come out of the old Roman Empire countries. Again, Europe, Italy, the Middle East, right? Or Northern Africa. He's going to come out of one of those places. I believe probably Syria. Or, or, or of that, Syria's a little bigger, but the Assyrian. He's called the Assyrian. So that's one of those things that we'll be in heaven going, oh yeah, cool. It really It really sucks to be you, dude. Right? You better enjoy yourself all you can because wow, right? So this is who he is. Now let's jump back to Daniel real quick. I don't want to keep you too long. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Guys, I know this is not a jump up rah-rah thing, but I hope it's exciting you to know where you're living. We have to have... We have to have understanding of this prophecy. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. It says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Notice the Antichrist, it doesn't say he's going to make the covenant. It says he's going to confirm the seven-year covenant. But in the midst, and in the midst of the week, in, in other words, halfway through, the tribulation period, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation or the offering to cease. So halfway through, we call this event the abomination of desolation. Well, the Bible calls it that. It's where the Antichrist now, he has this seven-year treaty, but halfway through he steps into the temple that will be rebuilt. And he goes into the Holy of Holies. He commands all the sacrifices, all the offerings to be stopped. He proclaims himself as God and commands that the world worship him. Good feeling gone, right? Wow. It says, and and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation. And that determined... Shall be poured upon the desolate So he makes this Or he confirms this covenant Some people believe that he's going to put a statue of himself In the Holy of Holies But that's, you know uh, Don't let all the wording confuse you All we're talking about is Halfway through this 70th week When he does this Now is when the great tribulation starts That's when literally all hell breaks loose. So you have the 144,000. See, the moment the church is taken out, there will be 144,000 Jewish evangelists that will get saved. No doubt, these will be Jewish men and women who have heard the gospel before, and when all this happens, they're going to go, oh my goodness, and they are going to give their hearts to Christ, and they are going to be anointed by God to evangelize the world. And the first three and a half years, the Bible talks about, because see, what happens when this abomination of desolation happens, mid-trib, what happens now, there's another rapture of of all the saints, the Jewish 144,000, all the people that accepted Christ. There's another rapture of them. And then, now, we go into the Great Tribulation in the last half of the Tribulation period. As soon as the 144,000 are taken out, as soon as... All the Christians are then taken out again. What happens? See, God always has a plan. Two super witnesses show up. The two prophets. And they will be here. The Antichrist will try to kill him, and he won't be able to. One of them will change weather patterns on the earth. The Bible says fire comes out of their mouth and destroys anybody who tries to destroy them. Right? Kind of looks like this, knowing God. Fire, probably not literally fire. It's it's all of a sudden they go, die, (laughs) die, die. They probably are having fun. Die, 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 die. Right? Bad times, but then they need some help. And for the first time, this is another reason why the church can't be here, because we are the mouthpiece. We're the body of Christ, but we're gone. So now God, the second half in this great tribulation, has angels. This is how much God loves people. He's tried for 2,000 years to get them with his love and grace. Now it's a time of judgment. But even in the judgment, it's designed to get people to turn. It's amazing. This is about to happen. So it says, the tribulation period. Let's, let's look at this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Let me just read it to you. You could write it in your notes. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking about the second coming of Christ to the earth. And by are gathering together unto him. That's talking about the rapture. The rapture and the second coming. These are, and In reality, when you talk about the second coming, it has two parts. The first part is the rapture, where Jesus comes, but not to the earth. We meet him in the air, right? And then the second coming to the earth is when he comes to this earth. Verse 2, 2 Thessalonians 2, 2. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that day of Christ, the second coming, is at hand. That means the word is at hand in the Greek means it's upon us, it's present, it's instant. Now this was written almost 2,000 years ago. But a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. Two thousand years is like two days. It said, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come the second coming of Christ, the rapture of the church. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Apostasia A defection That that Greek word means that A forsaking, a departure Now there's some people that say "I, I, I think it could be possible But the word departure Could literally mean Could mean a catching away So it could be talking about how That the second coming can't come Until the rapture happens too So And then it says, and that the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. So the Antichrist is revealed on day one of the tribulation. Verse four, who opposes, this is the Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. I wonder if between January and today, we have a greater knowledge of what people look like that literally, they, they come against everything. That they come against everything that's God. We have people, leaders, that we can see that are so anti-God. It's crazy, right? It says here, or that is worship so that as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, This is the abomination of desolation that we're talking about. Verse five, remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. See, we don't know how long after the rapture until the tribulation starts, but right here in verse five or verse six, and it says, and now you know what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. He's telling these guys, guys, you know. Thessalonican Christians, how much more should we know? You know what's keeping him from being revealed. Who is it? Disciples. It's the church. But specifically, it's not the Christian who's not doing anything, not in the word Praise God they're saved, but there's no outward show of that. It's not, no, no, it's the disciples of Christ who are exercising their authority in the earth. We're the ones that are keeping him restrained, the supply that's coming out of us. Verse 7, for the mystery, now this word mystery literally means the secret, could be translated the secret system of iniquity, does already work, Only he, in other words, this secret system of lawlessness, this Greek word iniquity means lawlessness. Isn't it interesting? Let's defund the police department. Let's just have total anarchy. In Texas, there's a group of young people. They're like, we do not, we don't just want to burn things and destroy things. We want to destroy and burn America down. People are saying that publicly. What is that? That's lawlessness. That's all it is. Lawlessness. This system of lawlessness is working. It's all over the world. Right? And does it... See, here's the thing. We don't fear that. What do we do? We love. We walk in our authority. We believe God for safety. And we love everyone. Right? We are Jesus. We're not moved by anything. We're, we're surely not going to be stopped. This is, this is the way we live. But it says only he, he who now lets, he who now, that word lets means he who now in the Greek holds back, will let until he be taken out of the way. He is the church. See, we are literally holding back the revealing of the Antichrist. But when Jesus takes us out, which is the next major event on your calendar, isn't that awesome? I love that. Verse 8, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Wow. Isn't that interesting? So I've gone about as long as I need to today. We'll we'll just start here next week. So realize this. This prophecy is in place. The next event to happen is the rapture of the church. And then it will start the 70th week prophecy of Daniel. Everything is centered around Jerusalem and specifically the Temple Mount. Watch those areas It's amazing Do you know they've rebuilt the Ark of the Covenant? They've rebuilt every utensil It's all ready They are training The whole Levi tribe There's a worldwide search for them They have all the garments Rabbinical prophecies were that Right before Messiah would come A red heifer would be born The red heifer's been born this year That would be sacrificed They've actually, a couple years ago, did sacrifices on the Temple Mount and were arrested. I think last year they did them and were not arrested. There's just things growing. Watch the temple. But in the Ezekiel 38 conflict, it's really interesting. See, right now, and and there's a good chance that the Antichrist will be a Muslim. He's an Assyrian. There's a real good chance of that. If you look at all the nations of the Ezekiel 38 conflict, and we might get into that because we probably need to know about that. Um, We'll look at all the nations. The common denominator of all of them is they're all Muslim nations. And literally in the Ezekiel 38 conflict, the Muslim thing in the earth will be wiped out in one day. So it will open a door easily for the Temple Mount, the tribulation. Or the temple to be rebuilt And and guess what Guess how long it would take to rebuild the temple About three and a half years Because it's, it's a lot of it's built already It's a modular building Isn't that amazing I wonder if the Antichrist is not there At the grand opening of it I wonder if he, he confirms this seven year peace treaty To bring peace And he, they love him And he's doing all this stuff right And then He's going to go cut the ribbon, and instead of cutting the ribbon, he sits and commands himself, tells the world he's God, and he has to be worshipped, and nobody can buy or sell unless they have a mark in their forehead or their right hand. It's amazing, the technology. All this is right here, right now. Everything is right here. What an exciting time to live. Amen?